Hello and welcome to this week's Why Football podcast with me, Michael Dryden, and Eches Adokru. Eches, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Um, been struggling to sleep in the heat Same. recently. It's been quite tough. Um, I've returned to the gym recently. Oh, yeah, looking trim. Uh, yeah, um, Dryden um, was trying to fire a shot there. But yeah, no, I've returned to the gym, which has been pretty good. Really weird vibe, like, obviously, because of covid and stuff so a lot of disinfecting a lot of cleaning of gear yeah it's not um, been too well. bad but it is a bit inconvenient and you do wonder if everyone's sticking to it exactly there's um, no one there patrolling my gym oh really there is a man you know oh really yeah, they're really on yeah. it yeah but yeah and then also i've booked tickets to see the steve mcqueen exhibition mm. yeah a little bit different yeah it's a bit different yeah, it's a nice. bit different so i'm quite excited for that the tape yeah. that's pretty much it really how are you doing Dryden? i'm good i've been watching actually a bit of cricket recently uh watched the sri lanka series um last week week before um and this week i've been watching the england pakistan series whilst working from home um so if my boss is listening um i've been working um interesting nazim shah pakistan is 17 and he's yeah. bowling 90 miles an hour um with the pakistani team against england and last year against australia he played in the series and he was 16 Who's got the fastest average bowling speed in Test cricket? Uh, Jofra Archer. No. Give you another guess. Um, Mark Wood. No. Pat Cummings. Nice one. Second He's, uh, place. Durham, Durham captain. Second place. Um, Jofra Archer. Mitchell Stark. Oh, good. The Australian's coming through. Want to go third place? Go on then. Um, let me guess. Jofra Archer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I should have seen that coming. Uh, I believe third is Mohammed Amir. Ah. This week. Eches will be taking a look into Atletico Madrid's history, how Diego Simeone brought success back to the club, how they set up, and their chances in the Champions League this season. Before we start, please follow us on Twitter at YFootball underscore for our latest content. Please also follow and subscribe with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Earcast for immediate access to future episodes. So why have you chosen Atleti? Yeah, so I thought this week I'd look into them because, you know, they're kind of always seen as the dark horses. Mm. Um, it's whether they can actually win it this year. So a little bit of background on Atletico. Their manager is Diego Simeone, mm. a.k.a. El Cholo. El Cholo came from uh, Cholo Simeone, who was a player who played for Boca. And Diego Simeone's style, his energetic type of play, reminded coaches of this Cholo guy, mm. hence the nickname there is no relation between the two. They finished third in their league, 17 points behind winners Real Madrid. In the Copa del Rey, they lost to Cotral Leonesa mm. in a shock defeat. And they remain in the seal hunt after beating Liverpool in the last 16. Big win. Yeah, it was indeed. Uh, Adrian had a bit of a stinker. Yep. And they've got RB Leipzig in the quarterfinals, who won't have Timo Werner, who opted to join Chelsea. It's so early. interesting, isn't it, that you just wouldn't want to see the rest of the... Unless it's bad blood. I don't like him already. I just I, that would annoy me so much as a, a fan because I, I get the point. The point is, is that you know he wants to integrate in Chelsea and all of that sort of stuff. He was there at the FA Cup final. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't win though, uh, and you know he wants to hit the ground running. But I think a shot at the Champions League with the club you know that kind of brought you up, and they're a good team. You know they could win it. They're unlikely. I just think it stinks. Yeah, it reminds me of Mario Gotto when he uh, left Dortmund to join Bayern. And he sat out. There was like there was there wasn't like kind of a, a reason given why he didn't play, but he was sitting in the stands and he was flat cap on, yeah. watching as the team, you know, the team that brought him through, 
ended up losing to Bayern Munich in the final. Heartbroken yeah. stuff. Yeah, he was rumoured to be injured, but yeah, mm. I'm not too sure about that one. So tell me a little bit about Atletico's history. Yes, yeah, so Atletico Madrid are also known as the Los Coltineros, which means the mattress makers, <laughs> and the Los Rojiblancos. Brilliant pronunciation, I have to say. I, I, re- I really did try my best there. Uh, and that also means the Red and Whites. They were founded in 1903 by three Basque students living in Madrid. They saw the club as the youth team of their parent club, which was Atletico Bilbao, mm. hence the similar colours yep. except the shorts. There's loads of rumours as to where the blue shorts came from. There was a rumour where uh, they used to buy their kit from Blackburn and Blackburn had blue no shorts. No chance. Well, Allardyce got the, the flight over selling, <laughs> selling shorts in there. Uh, in Madrid. Yeah, you just I'm not too sure about that one. Um but yeah, that's that rumor. Uh Atletico are Spain's third most successful side after Barca and Real, winning the league title 10 times, most recently in 2014, mm. 10 Copa del Reyes, two league super cups, three Europa Leagues and three UEFA Super Cups, which is quite mad because that means that they won the Europa League and beat the Champions League winner each time. Yeah, I think exactly. Yeah, which is pretty impressive. I, don't, I can't remember the teams. I know they beat Chelsea in one of them. Mm. Uh, can't remember the rest, but yeah, that's fair play. And um, yes, as I've just mentioned, they've lost three Champions League oh, finals. Heartbreak, heartbreak, and Sergio scores. Yeah, you really wanted them to win, didn't you? Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's quite sad. They have a big, big rivalry with Real Madrid in the Madrid derby every season. That rivalry started out due to Real buying all the smaller sides in the capital during the... No surprise there. Exactly. During the early 1900s, with Atletico Madrid being immune to that because they had funding from their feeder club, Hmm. Athletic Bilbao. Fans from the defunct clubs were then drawn to the Red and Whites as they hated Madrid for taking their clubs. Mm. Well, Bilbao was actually partly formed by immigrants from Sunderland. Just thought I'd drop that one in there. Nice. Good to see the network spread across the globe. Um, the uh, the two sides, Bilbao and Atletico Madrid, have seemingly done better than, the, than their parent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and G- Getafe, Leganes, Rayo Vallecano and Alcorcón, that's it, um, are also Madrid. A lot of people don't know that. I spent a month there, um, staying there and yeah, didn't get a chance to see any of the games because it was off-season, but was interested to find out that these clubs actually exist in there. So there's quite a lot of football clubs um, that exist in Madrid. And yeah, as I touched on, the Sergio Ramos header in, I think it was the 93rd minute, it's the 2014 Champions League final, Godin scored first half, mm. let it go, we're about to win it. And it's just heartbreaking. I mean, it's a fantastic header. Like, the technique and the, under the pressure that was there to just gl- glance that, glide that mm. header, guide that header, sorry, into the corner. It was it was brilliant, but, you know, real, real heartbreak. How many Irish bars did you find in Madrid? Um, just one. Slept there. Atletico were mostly in Real's shadow, but they did have some good periods throughout their history, in particular the 70s, where they were the dominant side. After the turn of the century, however, they had a huge dip, uh, getting relegated in 2000, having won the league title twice in the 90s, before gaining promotion back in 2002. After that, though, the side were mostly mid-table, finishing an average in eighth position until 2011, when Diego Simeone came Mm. in. After coming fifth in their first season with him, they haven't come lower than third, winning the league title in 2014, making them a force to be reckoned with once more. Mm, I had absolutely no idea they were relegated. No, no, so it's interesting. 
I do recall Atletico winning the, the league at the camp now, though, with Barca fans applauding, applauding their achievement, because obviously they don't want Real to win it. And yeah. if they're not going to win it, then why not have someone like Atleti win it? Big yeah. for Simeone. So can you tell me a bit more about Diego Simeone? Yeah, Diego Simeone had a successful playing career. You know, he played for Sevilla, Inter Milan, Lazio mm. and Atletico Madrid. He won the Serie A at Lazio, the Liga title at Atletico and the UEFA Cup with Inter Milan. Internationally, he played over 100 games for Argentina. After hanging up his boots, he managed Racing Club, Estudiantes, River Plate, San Lorenzo, Cantina, Racing Club again and then Atletico Madrid. <laughs> well done. Yeah, BBC or ITV, I can't remember which one, showed a repeat of the England-Argentina match in the 98 World Cup, um, which I was too young to really remember at the time. I'd never actually seen it before, like 90 minutes. I watched that through and Simeone was instrumental in the middle. I actually thought he was a defender, but he was um, he was brilliant. Maybe I'm getting mixed up with Pochettino. How did he bring success back to Atletico Madrid? Well, Atletico Madrid's style is a bit controversial with with some managers, depending on who you ask. Jurgen Klopp famously said after losing to them in the last 16 that they have the players to actually play real football with rather than the football that they currently play. Indirect. Indirect shot, shot yeah. Uh, 360 no-scope. Simeone's sides are renowned for being defensively compact and solid, working tirelessly, tirelessly off the ball and attacking quickly when they mm-hmm. have it. When he first arrived, his emphasis was to make them more compact and reduce the number of goals conceded. He achieved this by using a 4-4-2 formation with a low block to allow opposition space and time in their own half and in the defensive areas and out wide. Mm. Once the ball went wide, they tended to press if the option was on, but the key was to remain intact and backing their defenders to win relevant aerial duels should the ball be crossed. When they attack... They attack using the fullbacks and the wide players to assist the strikers and rarely form attack centrally, mm. trying to attack at speed. Yeah, what you just said makes sense because Diego Godin was ever present in that team. Uh, so was Juan Miranda, Stefan Savic, or Jimenez. They're all very good in the air, very physical players. So it makes sense that they would try and force the other side to whip balls in so that they can hoover them up and get rid of them for the attack. Going back to that 2014 side again, I know I keep mentioning it, but I'm going back in again. Gabi and Thiago, I suppose, would be there too, would protect the centre-back. Yeah. So you make sense again, what you said, not going forward centrally. So we've often highlighted, you know, how this resurgence uh, under Simeone, they won the title, and you just mentioned how good that team was. But there are two other people that were instrumental in getting Atleti to where they were then and currently are now. One is Oscar Ortega mm. and Mono Burgos. Oscar Ortega is the fitness coach there and he is crucial to how Atleti play in performing games. You know, Atletico Madrid tend to lack possession and therefore they need to be physically fit to defend and then to attack at speed when the yeah. ball is under their control. Yeah. Oscar is crucial to helping Atletico Madrid pair, prepare physically for the tactics deployed by Simeone mm. and as a squad, they're known to be one of the fittest in Europe. Uh, Ortega uses very... Uh, standardised methods in terms of training his players but also a few unconventional ones as well he has this famous summer training camps where players are said to be running over 14 hours in Spanish forests which is said to be brutal (laughs) but key in helping them prepare for the season ahead Mm. he's also advised on player fitness levels mid-game 
which is said to be a key reason why they suffer so few muscular injuries. So he'll know, okay, this guy's in the red or this yep. guy's in the white and how to manage them. Mono Burgos plays a key role in setting up Atleti's set-piece strategies, which they're known to be very good at, mm. both in attack and in defence. He also does a lot of general video analysis on the team and the opposition, spotting weaknesses, highlighting them to Simeone and the rest of the team. Mm. Yeah, I read an interview with Kieran Trippier, who spoke um, about Ortega at length and his training sessions and how it was a bit of a culture shock. I mean, it, I think Pochettino also likes to demand at Tottenham level of fitness I mean which team doesn't know as I said mm. as I spoke about in the last podcast actually you know that with Atalanta a lot of top teams now are playing with high intensity either with a press or with kind of the explosive counter-attacking that you, you see with Simeone and constant pressure on the, low on the low block so having been Champions League dark horses for a while as you said last four or six seasons can Atletico Madrid go one step further than 14 and 16 and actually lift the trophy? Yeah, Atletico weren't fantastic in the group stage this season. Uh, they finished with 10 points in a group featuring Juventus, Bayer Leverkusen and Lokomotiv Moscow. They failed to beat Juventus. Another team that's lost successive finals. Exactly. Uh, drawing with them at home and losing away. Atletico's three wins came against Leverkusen and a double against Minos, Lokomotiv, Moscow. They then stunned Liverpool, beating the holders home and away in the last 16. Mm. Quick fact for you on Juventus, they have lost the most European slash Champions League finals in history. Oh, really? I believe the number is seven. Didn't know pub quiz, which I think got the answer wrong, which makes sense. Um, this season, uh, to, to, to try and answer your question as to can they lift the trophy this year? They weren't spectacular in the group stage, but beat Liverpool. But their main problem is they've struggled with goals. They've had an unreal list of strikers throughout the years, including Fernando Torres, yeah. and Sergio Aguero, and Diego Forlan, Ramadel Falcao, Antoine Griezmann, and now João Felix, who hasn't quite hit the heights of the former and has left their attack slightly blunted. Mm. You know, they do have Morata and Costa, but both are seen as playing more target man roles. And in that 4-4-2, they need that sort of link man yep. to kind of like help that. Yeah, like Griezmann, exactly. Mm. They'll need to sort that against high-quality opposition, but with arguably the best keeper in the world in Jan Oblak and yeah. such a solid defence, anything is possible. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, Costa was exceptional in his first stint at Atletico and in his time at Chelsea. I feel the Blues lost a lot of desire and potency up front when he left. Morata did come in, but didn't really have the same effect as when Costa came in and really hit the ground running. And it's interesting now that they're not playing together, so I wonder if it's going to work. I wonder if Costa is still the same player that he was, and if he can cope with the demands of the breaking tactics that we've discussed of Simeone. Clearly, the Griezmann deal had an impact on the Felix Xiao deal. So we talk about Xiao being was 113 million fee paid. Probably wouldn't have been that high if it wasn't for the Griezmann deal, you'd like to think. Like with a number of deals in history, the Andy Carroll one, for example, when Torres left mm. at Liverpool, they are affected by other transfers. Um, but he hasn't he hasn't hit the sort of kind of heights that obviously Griezmann did. Um, and Griezmann actually came through quite late. Javelix is a golden boy winner, um, being the kind of the, the hottest youngster. Um, and there's a long list of really sensational players who have won that. And maybe that's affected the price tag. Um, some of the most revered strikers in history have uh, have won that and also have passed through Atleti. 
um, like you've mentioned. Uh, so I wonder who the next star on their radar is. So regardless of what happens this season, whether or not they crash out in the quarterfinals or they win the whole competition, can Simeone take Athletic go further? That's a really good question. You know, he's been there since 2011. Um, and, you know, Atletico will never have the riches of Real Madrid or Barcelona. Um, they've won the league in 2014. So you, you kind of, they need the, they need it to be the next level. Mm. So they, they need, they have the infrastructure. So they successfully moved into a new stadium. No and wonder. Exactly. And they've remained competitive. But they kind of need that next level of, influx of money for them to really propel themselves because they've, they've kind of sold some of their best players uh, and replaced them Lucas Hernandez went for what was it 75 million yeah, to Bayern it was a, yeah, it was a um, you know Griezmann been going to Barcelona and, and mm. that needs to stop for them to go further the Griezmann going to Barcelona Arda Turan going to Barcelona mm. um, you know big players or the best players for them seem to want to go elsewhere still yeah it's and very to, true to change that mindset and mentality for Simeone to take them further, they'll need investment either in the packages they pay them, which ties into the riches that Real and Barca have, or they need to, I don't know, try and get more, win more titles. But they're at a level, I think they've hit hit a ceiling, Mm. which it's kind of maybe someone else needs to come in and take the reins. You know, he's been there, as I mentioned, for a very long time. And also you kind of feel from Simeone's side is... You know, you don't want to stay at a club for too long. Look at Eddie Howe, uh, Bournemouth, where he stayed and stayed and stayed and stayed. Didn't go so well. Also Wenger. And, um, you know, his stock, uh, Eddie Howe and Wenger's stock is a lot lower than what it once was when they could have left Mm. at another time. You almost wonder what he's aiming for. They won the league, you know, that whole comeback you know, is if they don't win the Champions League, what is he really trying to target? Yeah. No, agreed. Uh, I think that's just it we touched on before in terms of Real and Barca. We've talked in previous pods about you know clubs penetrating the Champions League, there's only a certain number of spots. But actually in La Liga, you've got to penetrate the two, arguably the two biggest franchises, footballing franchises in the world. Um, or two of the three if you, you bring Manchester United into that. But they're huge brands and their commercial revenue is so high. So as you said, unless Atleti are taken over by... PSG or city level money then they will never compete financially on a consistent basis and that flows down to the team and its success over a longer period so there's a chance that they could fade away without that and when eventually Simeone goes I think we mentioned in the last part about Gasparini at Atalanta you know Simeone's got such a tactical identity when he eventually moves away to what happens then if they bring the wrong manager in they haven't got the resources for that safety net that say United have and Real have and Barcelona have and with Simeone, Atleti are likely to be consistent favourites for third. As you said, they've finished third so many times um, in La Liga and have been fairly competitive in the Champions League. You know, they're perhaps likely to reach another final at some point with Simeone still there. They could win it. Who knows what will happen this season? But my point is perhaps the club is actually satisfied with that, particularly as they have just moved stadium. So stability is key. Um, you know, the revenue from the Champions League is still going to be good if, as long as they get to the quarterfinals every year, then they're still making good money. Finishing third in the Liga, good money. Is that stability actually something that the board's actually happy with? Um, but the fans and Simeone, they might want more. And, you know, if they're ambitious, as I suppose they are, um, it'll be interesting to see if Simeone 
is at the club in three years' time if the club does not bring success in the Champions League and remains kind of the, the third place champion. Although on the flip side, you could say when he does eventually win a Champions League, maybe that's where he'll go. Maybe he sees it as a project where he really wants to win this Champions League with Atletico. You know, he played there, he's managed there for so long, he's lost two finals. You know, does he want to actually just do that? And then will we see him move on to another club? Yeah, that, that, that that's a really good point. It'd be good to see him try and move elsewhere. On your note about um, Real Madrid and City money, I actually just checked. He's paid $36.2 million a year. Apparently, he's the highest paid manager in like... Diego Simeone? Yeah. Oh. Apparently, he's the highest paid manager in Western football. Oh, wow. That's great. $36.2 million a year. <laughs> I, I literally when you were talking I, was, I just literally just checked it and yeah um, so obviously if he did leave they could reinvest some of that into the team that'd be a good point but yeah definitely I think maybe you are right that he he's kind of looking for that Champions League victory to mm. kind of then complete his project there but if they don't you wonder how many more years he'll actually stay there for and what I also wonder as well is we've talked a lot about his defensive style about Klopp being very angry when he lost like he normally is saying that you know they have real footballers who play real football but they didn't today Mm. despite winning I do wonder I mean success for clubs and revenue is massive and is the biggest thing would that style inhibit him going to certain clubs who've got a particular um, tactical identity already say Barca or an owner who just wants their team to play attractive football yeah, no. I don't agree with Klopp's kind of argument that this sort of football almost shouldn't be in the game. You know, football is, is so different to so many people and people view it in so many different ways. And I think to, to build a side and a tactical identity like Simeone is or Simeone has is brilliant and it shouldn't be, you know, a defensive tactic can be as good as an attacking tactic. But then again, do certain clubs and owners want to have this Klopp brand or this Atalanta brand that's got 98 goals in a season? Yeah, no, definitely. I think... Something which you can't prove, I can't prove statistically, but I know as a fact in football, is that if you play football like Simeone or Mourinho now, you have a lot less time at a club than you do if you play football like Mm. Klopp or Gasparini because it's the argument, you play negative football and you're losing, what's the benefit? You know, yeah, the, fan, the fans yeah. aren't enjoying it and you're not winning yeah. when you play attractive football and you're building in some youngsters but you're losing 6-5 you can then say oh well you've played a few youngsters and the football's quite good let's give you some more time yeah, absolutely. so I definitely think that way into the minds of some big clubs because they have so many options they don't just have Simeones they could look at Guardiola's or they could look at Klopp's and when you look at those types of guys you think okay do we pick this guy who only knows La Liga? This is the example if he were to leave Spain. Mm. Or do we pick someone else who maybe doesn't even know our league, but he plays a type of football where there's a, it's a risk of winning to take? Yeah, absolutely. So that's all from us. Thank you to Etches for doing the research this week. No worries. And thank you for tuning in to this week's Why Football podcast. Please do not forget to follow us on Twitter at whyfootball underscore. Please also follow and subscribe with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Earcast for immediate access to future episodes. Cheers, guys, and we'll see you next week. Cheers.